Hi everyone, I'm Elizabeth Stein, founder and CEO of Purely Elizabeth, and this is Live Purely with Elizabeth, featuring candid conversations about how to thrive on your wellness journey. This week's guest is Erica Blumenthal, co-founder of Yes Wave Rosé, the brand that put rosé on the map. Yes Wave Rosé was founded by Erica and her BFF Nikki in 2013 after a revelation that rosé isn't just wine, it's a way of life. What started as an Instagram account simply to celebrate the beautiful colors and lighthearted wit of rosé soon developed into a line of merch and ultimately into a line of beautifully branded, modern, approachable French rosé. Today, Yesway includes a line of still, sparkling, and rosé-based spritzers that are top sellers around the country. In this episode, I chat with Erica, who, P.S., is one of my best friends from growing up, all about her journey starting Yesway. We go back to the beginning when the idea for the brand was simply an Instagram account to celebrate wine. Yep, I remember her telling me about it in my kitchen to Drew Barrymore helping to put their account on the map. Erica shares about the importance of staying authentic and growing an online community, landing a partnership with Target, and the best moments tasting wine in France. Keep listening to learn more. Erica, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on today. This is so much fun. In full disclosure, I've been best friends with Erica since we met at overnight camp in middle school. Shout out to Timbertops. Shout out Timbertops. So happy to have you here. So happy to be here, Liz. So at Purely Elizabeth, our mission is to help you thrive on your wellness journey. And really what you have done has created such an amazing dream career. And that really goes hand in hand with your wellness and your overall journey. And so would love to start at the beginning of really what led you to start Yes Way Rosé. Well, Yes Way Rosé started with another best friend of mine, Nikki Huguenier. She and I grew up together in Baltimore and we're both working and living in New York. We're actually working at the same magazine at the time. This was Jane, the now defunct Jane magazine, which we love, RIP Jane. We would go out to eat, go out to bars, concerts, and we never really had a go-to drink. We'd always get nervous and it would be time to order like, oh, I'll have the house red, I'll have the house white, like vodka soda, like no sophistication or anything with that. And we didn't really know anything about wine and then enter Rosé and it changed everything. We couldn't believe how beautiful this drink was, how delightful it was to drink. We were obsessed with the pink color and it just inspired so many jokes between us and so much humor and joy. It was like inspiring other parts of our lives. This was around 2011, 2012. And then by 2013, the passion was becoming an obsession and we were just trying to learn about all the different rosés that were available and we're traveling around New York to find different bottles because it was not as easy to come by then. At this point, you were just into rosé. At this point, we were just into rosé, but it, it was not as popular as it is now. There were rosés around only during the summer and you kind of had to seek them out. It wasn't on every single restaurant list or in, in every single bar. And we were like, we really want to change this. We want a rosé to be everywhere. Why can't we drink it when we go out at night or at concerts or baseball games? And 
we started our Yeser Rose handle on Instagram in 2013 with a post that said it's 10 p.m. Do you know where your next three glasses of rose are? And it was just, <laughs> this, <laughs> it's still funny. I think so we built this social media content, like matching beautiful pictures of the wine with kind of fun, pun-filled captions that really just kind of represented what rose was to us. And then very shortly after launching the Instagram, we introduced our first uh, product, which is a tote bag that Nikki designed the logo for, which is the logo that's on our wine. And now, so this was in 2013, the wine came out in 2018. So we didn't know at the time launching a wine seemed far, like a far-fetched idea, but we were, were trying to get this idea out there for like a stylish modern, fun, playful brand very early on. And so we built it with lifestyle products and with our social media. And then uh, it came time to launch the wine. And all this time we were becoming experts so we could launch the wine that we wanted to. And then in 2017, we were like, we're ready to go do this. And then in 2018, the first vintage of our wine came out. Now it's one of the best sellers in the country. Obviously, as your best friend, but as an, even a novice friend, it's, I'm so proud and it's so amazing where you, honestly, I remember being in my apartment in New York, it must've been 2013, like right when you were either contemplating starting the Instagram account or you had started it. And I remember you, you telling me about, I'm like, I don't get, it's an ode to Rosé, <laughs> but I well, believe in you and it's just so amazing of this idea that you guys were simply like celebrating a drink and then have really turned it into this amazing brand. Well, thank you so much, Purely. And I, I'm very proud of you too. I take pictures at every grocery store I go to whenever there's a display. <laughs> Everyone's like, why are you this <laughs> taking a picture of the Purely Elizabeth display? Um, but yeah, I think that that's something funny as early on and something... I like a lot of people thought I was crazy. A lot of people didn't get it at the time. And I think that just speaks to us. We were onto something and also really believed in it and that it's okay if you believe in something and other people don't. If you like, I'm sure about this. Like I was, I had no doubts whatsoever. So it was okay that other people, not just you, like tons of people at the time we had other jobs and people were like, what? Like you right? For the New York Times, like, why on earth would you do this, like, other thing? But it made sense to me. So you and Nikki, obviously, were both working in fashion, you were writing for the New York Times, you were both like highly creative. And I feel like that played such a role in the launch, because as you said, it was like these amazing, you did, you guys just killed Instagram. It was amazing imagery, super funny wording to the captions. So how do you feel like your career helped or didn't help in really taking that step into launching your own business? Well, when we started the Instagram, Nikki was like, I will do this, but it has to look good. And she's really like the branding expert. Like I had this idea that we could create this rosé inspired world and that there was this like whole untapped market for a brand like by two people like us who were and are the demographic like the core demographic and she had the artistic the sensibility to create the branding with it and she always had that knowledge like it has to look consistent it, it's going to have to be funny 
And we had this like two factor authentication system with everything where it was like, if I didn't, if one of us didn't think something was good or funny, we just scrapped it or we like worked hard until we got it to a place where we both felt that way. So that was always a part of the brand. And then I think we had full careers beforehand. So we knew we kind of, you know, it wasn't like we were just out of college and never had that experience. So we brought all of that experience with us. And I had been working as an editor. So I was reporting on like new designers, new collaborations, meeting with new entrepreneurs all the time. And so I knew what ideas sounded fresh and exciting. And I would write about those. And I knew what didn't really sound great. And so I knew that what, what we had was really fresh to me and was something like, oh, if I could write about this, I would, you know, <laughs> um, but I can't. So I think that we had that knowledge. And then still to this day, Nikki designed all of our packaging and all of our products and art directs, all of our photo shoots. And my brain really lends itself to marketing and growth and expansion and like honing in on the voice of the brand. So both of our skills are still completely utilized today. And she was doing graphic design. Yeah. And Madewell, art direction. Right? Yes. Yeah. She was at Madewell and she did graphic design. She also helped with some packaging things like the right color for the shopping bags, things that really play a hand in how we merchandise and package today. So she can really visualize like how everything fits together. For people who are just starting an Instagram account, which <laughs> I think most people already have one, but if you're just starting a business and like, yeah. obviously you started at a much different time, but you've remained so strong on Instagram and having such a consistent voice and presence, like what are your big main tips do you think for creating a successful account to really stand out? Well, I think authenticity and look and voice, and you can't be everything to everyone. And it being a different time is so key because Instagram wasn't the brand launching pad that it is today. So we were going by intuition and now you can use it to sell products directly. You can really hone in on your customer. It's like a sales tool and as much as a mark, you know, on a marketing tool. So you really need to utilize those, but you can't reach, especially as a small business, like once you start trying to advertise, you're not going to be able to reach everyone. So really like build the, the loyal community, the loyal following, hone in on that. And then the other people will follow. Hopefully that's, we still have our, like, I think uh, we had hovered around like 5,000 followers, like 10, then 10,000 followers for like years. You know, this wasn't like you start a brand and then all of a sudden you have like 200,000 totally. followers. That's like not it's a journey. The usual thing. Yeah, it's a journey. <laughs> so going back more to the beginning and you did, you know, start to have these followers and you had the tote, which why did you start yeah, with, first with it. that, by the way? Okay. The tote was the first product. Well, we knew that we didn't want anything we did solely to exist in social media. Like, yes, Rosé was something, I mean, Rosé was something that we enjoyed in real life. I didn't want to exist in my phone. It was a, it was like a tool to promote this other thing, which was enjoying this wine in person with your friends. So the Tote, we had a friend who had like a side hustle doing event totes. 
which was like, you know, she, I feel like she like came to our apartment or something and showed us the tote bag. <laughs> and then we ordered 50 and, or we ordered a hundred. We each put in like $50 and that was all the money that we invested in our brand to start it. Wow. So it was, and then, and Nikki designed the logo, which is the now iconic Yeser Rosé logo that's on all the wine. And we keep, kept selling them. People stopped us on the street. And that's how our business was born. Then like one day, Nikki and I woke up to go to the like, officially start a business together. Some like downtown Manhattan office, like official building. And at that point it was, this is going to be merch, right? It, it yeah, was yeah, the maybe a dream of wine, the- but... Yeah, it, this was like the journey to the wine because we didn't come from wine backgrounds. We aren't celebrities. We worked in publishing in New York. It wasn't, we're like, oh yeah, we're just gonna like get to buy a vineyard and start, you know, we didn't know how that was gonna happen. So everything after that was building the brand and like leading, you know, the path to the wine. So speaking of celebrities and merch, <laughs> one of your next merch items was a sweatshirt, which yeah. I wear daily. And we've now made a purely Elizabeth with that same sweatshirt <laughs> because it is the softest sweatshirt in the world. But yeah, sweatshirt. if I remember correctly, you had a great Drew Barrymore moment. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So Drew Barrymore, I, I had this feeling very early on, this premonition that I told Nikki, I was like, I feel like the celebrity who would most get our brand is Drew Barrymore. And she was like, I mean, why are you even thinking about that? You're so crazy. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I don't know that. And then one day, less than a year, maybe six months after, we had had our first bit of press on Vogue.com and then our first celebrity follower, Drew Barrymore. I almost like fell over (laughs) it. Nikki's definitely like falling over at this point too. And then her then assistant emailed us and we were, you know, Drew was really into it. We were able to get her product. And then she wore for like, it was a Memorial Day around po- a picture. She took a selfie in our sweatshirt, holding her own, her, her wine, which she has and saying like, toasting to my friends at Yes Rose. Oh my God. And yeah, it was totally next level. And then she did it again with a beanie that we have. And this was just huge for us. Then we started selling sweatshirts like in Australia and the UK and all over the world and selling out. And that was a pivotal moment because we grew out of shipping merch from our apartments to like then hiring someone else to to do it for us. And then really clearing the way for us to be like, okay, we can move, we can do something bigger now. That's was amazing. Awesome. Yeah. So then also Nikki couldn't like I could never be like, don't listen to me. Right. <laughs> don't call me crazy. Because totally. I got, I nailed it. that one. <laughs> um, yeah. So then in 2017, we had learned so much about Rosé and had traveled around and met so many different people, uh, winemakers, and we really like immersed ourselves in the wine world. And we felt like this is the time to make our own wine. And it was like we had been building a wine brand without the wine, we like to say. So we just started talking to everyone we could and figuring out the best way to go about it. And we knew exactly what we wanted, which was a, a dry French, very classic Provencal style rosé. And we wanted it to be excessively priced 
and widely available. And as soon as we decided we wanted to do this, those pieces fell together. We were connected to who our now wine partner is, luckily through a retailer, through someone at Target who had seen a deck that we made. And then the next year, our first vintage came out and Nikki and I went to France and met with our winemaking team to create the first vintage. And yeah, it's just been amazing. It's so cool. And I think it's like such a good lesson for anybody of you don't have to have knowledge of an industry that you're interested in, like launching a product in. And that so much of it is like putting your full passion in, learning, talking to people, and really taking all those steps. And it's possible. Like your dream came true. Yeah, totally. And and hiring the people and working with the people who are the experts. You know, like we learned what we're good at and where our our strengths are and where we're going to need the help. And in order to get a product that we want in the way that we want in the market, how we should do that. So yeah, you don't need to be a granola expert to like- Right, I knew nothing about food. (laughs) Yeah, a granola brand and you were, you know, so that's really been, I think something we've been good at, a strength of ours is finding, working with people who we, who are, experts so we can build a brand that we want. Totally. So talking about the wines a little bit, it's so cool that you get to go to France and really go through that whole process. Can you talk a little bit about what that looks like, especially today and really now what your range of products look like? Because obviously you just started, not just, but you started with Rosé and now you've expanded a lot. Yeah. So the first product and is our still wine. Yes, so rosé, which, like I said, is a dry Grenache-based blend made in the south of France in the Mediterranean Appalachian. We usually go to France every year around the harvest, and or right or after the harvest, and we taste tank samples, the wine from Benson stainless steel tanks, and talk about the blends and the previous vintage and work with the winemakers on what the next year will be based on, because every year is different. The nature is at play, different grapes are thriving. So then we work with them to develop like the the next blend that was truly rosé, yes, rosé. And we try to keep it, you know, it's like, there's like peach notes and, and white flowers and strawberry, and it's really refreshing and beautiful. How we much wine it. do you and get to really, sample? There's an unlimited wine to sample generally. <laughs> so you go and you taste it and then where the line really has developed to become, not just the one. Right. Skew. Yeah. I mean, we haven't been to France in a couple of years now, sadly, because of COVID, but we get, we do get wine sent to us and we get some new vintage sent to us. And it's the best day always when we get like a shipment of, of wine to taste. So the first wine came out in 2018, our still wine. And then the second wine, Yes, We Rosé Bubbles, came out right before holiday later that year, which is a sparkling Grenache-based sparkling rosé, brut rosé, so it's dry, made in the south of France as well. And it's made in the Charmant method, which is like how Prosecco is made um, in the tank. And it's really, it's like an everyday bubbles. You can open it and like it, instantly makes any moment into a celebration. Like I drink bubbles, I don't know, more casually probably than the average person, just because I love how it tastes with food 
and I love like popping I love the car you know the bubbles like and it puts you in a good mood water yeah and it just like puts you in mood and it can elevate any evening so if you're having like pizza for takeout and you want to turn it into a party just pop some bubbles <laughs> that's what I love think it. it's like there's notes of white wildflowers apricot pink grapefruit zest and it's really we also have it in a smaller mini bubbles packaging but it's so cute. So that's like a single serving of it, which is like the best gift. We get emailed every day. Like I want to buy them from my bridesmaids and for my whole wedding party as a gift. And it's also great if you want to just like, sometimes I want bubbles, but everyone around me doesn't. So it's like perfect for just me. And then we have our cans of our wine and then two uh, rosé based wine spritzers, which are, a peach and ginger and pink lemonade that are low sugar, low alcohol, low calorie, and so fun. The peach and ginger is exactly as it sounds. It's like a juicy peach flavor with a hint of ginger on the finish. And it's really like the flavors, the pink lemonade and peach and gingers, it really plays to what will accentuate the French rosé base. So we really wanted to go with those like classic flavors that will, that make you like think about and like conjure up like, oh, I'm in poolside in the South of France. What would I want to be sipping or what would I garnish my rosé with? And then here it is in a can. And I just had a bunch of those. So they're delicious. (laughs) Yeah. Also, yeah, it's also great. Like the low, the low alcohol for when you're at the pool, when that happens again next year. You guys have launched and Target, I was going to say you've launched, I think each of those into Target initially, and they've been such a great partner. Do you have any advice as far as launching into select retailer initially or anything around that? Because I feel like that's really helped to launch the different products that you have and the success that you guys have faced. Yeah, we have had such great retail of great retail partnership with Target. And we have a lot of great retail partners now, but they were really first on board to support the brand. And so with our first vintage of Yes Rosé wine, they were on board to, to start selling it. And so like we made them as much as they could sell. And then shortly after opened it up to other retailers. And it was just a really great way to get a product into the market because it's, interesting with with wine and especially being imported there's a lot of challenges it's not you can say like oh it's a a launch date and every product is just going to hit stores on this date it's a much more like rolling process where it goes through distributors and like I said has to be imported but yeah I mean Target was the really the perfect place for us to introduce this wine the guests there love a a new product that's a little outside of the box and fun and stylish and playful. And you go there for that, like exciting new thing and able to build brand loyalty. Cause when people see it and they're like, Oh, this is so cool. This is so fun. I wonder how the wine is going to taste. And then they come back because they love the wine, you know, and then the, the fun stylish packaging is just like a bonus. I also feel like having that partner for us at the beginning of his whole foods But having that partner where then it's truly a partnership and like they really gave you a lot of 
special, I don't want to say special attention, but getting end caps and like really leaning in to the brand because you were giving them that as well. So as you think about the success that you guys have had, I, I think that's definitely a part of it, but what else would you say in addition to Instagram, like you guys have done so well, whether it's collaborating with different brands or events or what has really helped to grow Yes Way into what it is today? I think it's our authenticity. I think that another thing Target did, you know, is like really support us as women entrepreneurs, as people in a very male dominated industry. And I think a lot of people that retailer and others have recognized that we took this untraditional path that can be inspiring. And because we were just like, we are just normal people who created this, which is very unusual, I think, for wine brands, which a lot of these brands come from families with generations and generations in the in the industry. It's really hard to break through. And we've had that support. And I think that's been something that's helped us is that we bring something totally new to the table where anyone, like you said before, can be like, oh, I want to, I'm really interested in rosé. Maybe I can launch a brand too and do it in this unusual way. So I think that we've had a vision and we've stuck to it. And I think that that's been something that's really helped us thrive. So with it, with like our aesthetically, with the products, we don't try to be everything to everyone. And it's very important to us that the wine be accessibly priced. It, it, like we want to over-deliver always. And that's what we do. And make people think beyond what wine should be, which I think we accomplish with the full experience. So you're getting great wine and it's like fun packaging, which makes you want to use as decor. And then where people who are buying it speak like us and you get this sense of humor as well that you don't get in a more old school- um, In a stuffy. Stuffy wine world. We wanted to loosen it up a bit. Well, and as you think about the authenticity of you guys being friends and co-founders, I would love as a solo founder to hear a little bit about what it's like being not only co-founders, but best friends and how that has changed, evolved, any tips that you have. I mean, it's been a joy joy to be able to do this with Nikki and to have this experience together. And we're really great partners in terms of playing to each other's strengths and being patient with one another and supporting the other. We're really big cheerleaders of the other, but it hasn't always been easy, especially during our big growth period. There was a time when when we were about to be launching our wine, we were writing a book, we were trying to, to grow the merch and had left our jobs. So this was like, we were all in And it was really stressful and we couldn't exactly figure it out. So we sought the help of an executive coach who we went and met with, which is essentially like a couples therapist. And it really changed everything for us to be able to communicate better with each other and to be able to draw like a bit of a line with what is like work and professional and what is friendship with that the time was still blurred a little bit because as soon as we started the business the friendship changed it was no it was and you can't go back so now I'm proud of it 
because it's a relationship that I don't have with anyone else. I'm so like happy that I have this and I wouldn't want it any other way. But it's definitely like a shock to the system where it's like, oh, we can't just like sit on the couch and talk and it has nothing to do <laughs> <And> drink <rose. laughs> with a drink rosé, which is how this all, all started. It's just, it's not as possible anymore. And it, it took some time to be okay with that. Yeah, we worked through our issues and learned some great tools to thrive with each other. So many people were like, oh my God, going into business with your best friend, that's never gonna work out, you know? And yeah. I knew that it was gonna be challenging and it was, but we have committed to it. And so it, it doesn't feel like, I mean, it's definitely going to work out. It has worked out. <laughs> what were some of the tools or what today are you using to make it work? And like any tips that you have for people who are either just plain co-founders or, and, or friends and co-founders. I think that accountability is to the business. So if you think like, oh, my partner's being so selfish or annoying because, or whatever, if, if you feel like it's a personal thing, it's not personal. And if you got both stayed focused on the business, then it doesn't need to get personal. That was especially because Nikki and I are so close and that was a really good, helpful tool. So it's like, you, you, the other one doesn't think you're attacking them ever. It's like, you just want what's best for like your baby, yeah. you know? And then the other is something so simple, but saying thank you always for everything, like in an email, on a phone call, just like that touch of gratitude. There's no way to do that with sarcasm. You know, you have to be genuine when you do that. And it reminds, reminds you like, oh, I am grateful, thankful, like it's a quick thing, but it just gets me in a better mood. And I do that with everyone now. That is such a good reminder for anyone that you're dealing yeah. with. But yeah, especially someone who you're talking to and emailing back and forth with like a hundred times a day, <laughs> you know, to, just to be like very occasionally, do we let it go? But it just helps it stay happy. Over the last couple of years, obviously there's ups, there's downs. It's 24 seven, as you said, like this is your baby. And that's like the best way to describe it. I'm curious to hear how you continue to stay motivated. I don't like the word to stay like balance because it's 24 seven, but really how you, <laughs> how you stay motivated and not burnt out and just like continue to feel inspired. I think in the first several years I was like go 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 I was like who why would I ever take a break like I have so much to do there's so much to do and, and I, I don't think that's like a feeling with our brand that I'm ever gonna let go of which is a good feeling it means like totally. there's you know that's like huge mountain to climb and it's a marathon but I have learned that I must take breaks I have to take a day over the weekend and not work sometimes or take a vacation. I just took a vacation and I feel like I refilled my cup. Like I actually feel so much better. And I've been back for like over a week and I'm like, I'm so energized. I have so many ideas. I can work harder. And Nikki feels the same way. So it's, it's something I do daily. It's like, if I can't get outside to like take a walk or if I, I just not as happy. So having time to 
just turn off work for a little bit helps me turn on in such a better way because in the past I could get very fixated and (laughs) not think about anything else cooking really helps and I like not being with my phone as much as possible that's a challenge but definitely it's a challenge (laughs) yeah and so it's not like I'm not but I'm not rigid about it you know it's just like I go on a hike and I listen to music or I listen to podcasts I'm just not it's okay to take 45 minutes and not look at your email and disconnect. Yeah. So any others we're talking about kind of things that you do in your day, curious if you have a morning ritual or a night ritual, something to really set you up for success in the day. Mm, This is a good question. I mean, my morning ritual, I'm in Los Angeles. So everything like the morning is already really started by the time that I'm out of bed. So I do like to do something that's like several days a week. I'll go to Pilates in the morning. So I'll have coffee, check my email, take a Pilates class, come back and then really plow through work. And then I live in a very hilly neighborhood. So I go for and near a park to take a hike. So I'll go out for like an hour, an hour and a half finish up any emails on my walk or just take an hour and listen to music. And that's really helps. I need the exercise because like you're just, I'm inside too long. And then it also helps wear me out so I can get a good night's sleep and then cook dinner. My boyfriend and I will watch like a food network show, which is really fun and relaxing. What's your favorite food network show? Well, we've been watching some old Iron Chef (laughs) Americas, which are so fun or Beat Bobby Play which is just, it's just fun and, um, and creative and, then, and creative and lets me think about uh, like what they're creating and the drink pairings and everything. Yeah. It's just so entertaining. I don't really have like a rigid schedule, but sleep is incredibly important to me. And like I said, having some quality time during the day or bits of period where I'm not like obsessively looking up at my phone. So you mentioned going hiking and listening to podcasts. Curious if you have favorite podcast, or I know you're also a big reader book, like anything that you turn to or has been super helpful in building the business that's continued to help you like grow and keep you inspired. Other than this podcast, of course. Other than this podcast. <laughs> I mean, I generally, yeah, it's funny. I don't always listen to or read related things. You did give me the Brene Brown Dare to Lead book a couple years ago, if you remember that, which was a good one. Yeah, of course. I love Brene and I listen to her. Yeah, I definitely get to get down with some Oprah Super Soul podcasting. And I think that our other friend, Laura, I think got me onto this when, when she did her like 10 part Eckhart Tolle one, which is something that I go back to sometimes when I'm like, gosh, I feel like my ego is getting in the way and I feel so anxious and I can't make a decision or something. I will go back to that special that she did, which is, I don't know if this is cheesy or not, is so helpful to me because it just helps me remember how everything in the universe is connected and it helps me get unstuck, which is, I have the book. I listen, sometimes I listen to that podcast, but I'm not a big 
I do did read Love That Brene book, but no, not a lot of business podcasts. I have been listening to the Foster Sisters, but I need to like giggle. And that's that fun. is so fun. I need to start listening to that. Yeah, I that's when I just want to just tune out, let it go, tune out, and just like have a big laugh. Not everyone is. I don't. I'm only listening to like a a few, but it's just funny and kind of relatable because they're obviously very close and business partners the way that Nikki and I are and talk similarly to I wish like a humor that I get and find really funny oh I gotta start they're entrepreneurs <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll, I'll send you some suggestions for episodes, some episodes. you <laughs> will love it <laughs> okay so we're gonna move on to some rapid fire Q&A okay if you could have a glass or can of Yes Way Rosé with anyone dead or alive, who would it be? Purely Elizabeth, who I have not seen in person <laughs> in too long. I know. And I miss dearly. I would love to. Favorite place that you've had a glass of Yes Way Rosé because you've gone so many places and I've been with you so many places where you've taken pictures. Uh, <laughs> where's your favorite place? Definitely South of France. That Something is a Provence. trip I need to get on. Yeah, that's an, yeah, there was one dinner we had. We were staying in the home of someone we work with, like at their chateau on a vineyard. Oh my God. And had this, had dinner there. It was like outside and the cans had just been made. And that is just like a very, like walking through the vineyard with a can of the rosé. It like doesn't get better than that. That must have been such a like gratifying moment too yeah. in this beautiful place and having like finished production of it. Yeah, it doesn't get better than that. Three random things that you're currently loving. But I listened to the Ezra Klein show on the New York Times podcast, which is sometimes business related, but it's really about ideas and just lets me think about bigger things. And it's just, super interesting and I can't recommend it enough when this airs succession will have already started and I'm gonna start watching the last season again so excited for the new season and my favorite Brightland ardor the chili oil is like, like the product like that I have to have it makes every if I'm like I just need to give my dish a little something it makes everything better I love their products. Like a three random things What's your favorite way to use that Brightland oil or like oh God, favorite so dish many to ways. put it on? I like drizzle it over a, like a pasta dish or vegetables or we have a little pizza crust Ooh. and yeah, all of the above, even like a little salad. I like a little kick to my food. So that oil it is does like it. beyond any oil, I feel I like. know. I found somewhere near me that sells it. So I don't have to order it online every time. I can just like go down the street and get it. So it's oh, nice. <laughs> what do you want more of in your life? Time in nature, the outside, traveling. What do you want less of? Device time. What is a meal that you'll never forget? Well, I was just in Maui, like I said, for, and my, this is the most recent, most amazing meal, but it was okay. pretty unforgettable. And my boyfriend had a birthday dinner for me, a private dinner, oh, sunset dinner overlooking the ocean. Oh and God. there was like a five course menu with a printed menu, which like 
it, the sunset was amazing, but I was like, oh my God, there's a printed menu with our names on it. This is the best thing ever. And it was so spectacular and delicious. And then there was a full moon behind us. So it was like this beautiful, insane sunset. And then it was just totally unforgettable. Oh my God. That sounds amazing. <laughs> we haven't downloaded obviously yet on this trip, but what was the best part of that five course meal? There was a tuna crudo situation with olive oil. It was just so, so fresh yeah. and delicious. Yeah. The fish really did it for me there, like during that meal. What is your favorite yes way moment? Definitely when we were 2017, when we went to France for the first time, we had been there once before, but this, the first time to make the wine and we were in the winery, there was like a lineup of 12, yes, we were 12 blends and we had to like narrow in on the one that was going to be yes, we rosé. And it, it was a moment, I usually got like very emotional when I talk about it, but it was like, a moment where I'm like, this is like a, one of the best moments of my life, like in it, you know, like life highlight, this is actually happening. We're in, I'm in France with my best friend to make a wine that we started. <laughs> like, I can't believe that this is happening. And yeah, it was a total turning point. Oh, and then that. that was the wine. Then we left that trip. And then a few months later, the wine hit stores. Yeah, going to France for us really like, it definitely refills the cup and is like a life source really gives the brand a lot when we have that connection. Well, hopefully you get to go back soon. Yeah. We'll be back soon. 2022. Yeah. It's our year. What's the best business advice you've received? Every challenge is an opportunity or an opportunity, as we say. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> what, what is your number one non-negotiable to thrive on your wellness journey? Sleep. How many hours of sleep do you like to get? I mean, seven, eight hours, you know, I need to, I don't need that much sleep every night but I need like quality hours you probably have like a, some like tracking device like I do <laughs> measuring your sleep I do not I just know how I feel in the morning you know and That's I, all. yeah do you have but, any tips that make you sleep better because it's hard a glass of rosé well, <laughs> yeah no actually uh, yes a little rosé any tips well, this is something I haven't been good at lately, but I used to sleep with my, I don't get the phone next to the bed, which is a good one, which is a little bit hard now because it's like when it's six o'clock here, it's nine yeah. o'clock in New York. And I'm so like, what's going on? And Europe is even like towards the end of their day. And so I don't, I, I don't do anything specific. I just like, I don't like get in bed and just go to sleep. I usually like I like to read, I like to talk or, and, and I don't normally, I use, if I have watching TV, I'll just like pass out. So I try not to do that like right before bed, <laughs> but it is a good sleeping pill for me. Totally. Like turn on something. I always growing up, 
I fell asleep to TV. Now I fall asleep sometimes to podcasts just to have like noise. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. And it has a timer on your phone. So that's nice. I find that if I have like a nice full day where I've done everything I want to do, it's like I don't have trouble sleeping. That's great. It's been blessed in that way. (laughs) So in closing, what is next for Yes Way? Well, 2022 is our fifth anniversary vintage bottle. That's being made right now. It's been harvested. And so we're going to do a lot of celebratory things for that. And there's a new product in the works that I'm not at liberty to discuss, but there's a lot of newness in 2022. And then just really excited to get the wine out into new markets. We're, we're uh, in Australia now. And so it's uh, summer in Australia and they're about to do a big push there. Sounds so like we need a trip to wine. Australia. <laughs> Another one. We went there once right. together. Totally. <laughs> How could you forget? Of course. <laughs> um, and yeah, so we're just really excited to hopefully COVID continues to make doing things in person better and that people can enjoy the wine in person more and we can have some more, have some events and things like that. But it's been, We've been kind of limited in that capacity, but we have a lot of excitement for next year and yeah, it's about to be bubble season. So that is actually something I wanted to ask you that as you think about, obviously Rosé is so seasonally pushed historically to summer vibes. How do you manage that seasonality? Well, we say no way seasonality. There's a line for everything, purely. But we you need a yes way dictionary. Yeah, we definitely we have a little bit in our book. We have a a glossary or glossary. Uh, there are some very specific words that we that we use. That, that seasonality is one of them. But there's Vin Rosé is a great food pairing wine, and so and people really drink it like through well through the fall. I mean, I would say it's only during those very cold winter months that it doesn't, it's not as popular, but it's really fun also like on a cozy winter, you know, snowy night to have a glass of rosé. But I drink more bubbles in the winter and it's also great for food. So, and then the new vintage comes out really like early around March starts hitting, hitting the store. So then there's a fresh new vintage to try. So it's really not that much of the year where we're not drinking rosé, but sometimes you just need also like a glass of a glass of red or a dirty martini, you know, change it up sometimes, 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 sometimes we do that too. (laughs) Well, Erica, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This was so much fun. Thanks so much for joining me on Live Purely with Elizabeth. I hope you feel inspired to thrive on your wellness journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review. You can follow us on Instagram at purely underscore Elizabeth to catch up on all the latest. See you next Wednesday on the podcast.